0: It has been oh so many hours since we last conversed, and I've missed you oh so much. But it is time, once again, for On This Day in Packers History. For those that might be new to the show, this is a flashback to 365 days ago. Sometimes it's two years ago, but not today, just one year ago. So this is still, I I think the Falcons game is still coming up, but the content of the conversation, um, there's a lot of talk about what's going to happen in 2019, and that's kind of what makes it interesting. And of, of course, there's some stuff that is wildly prophetic and there's some things that are very pathetic but um, that's the nature of it i understood when i did this there were going to be some things that i would say that are going to be embarrassing and i would just have to eat it but that's fine this is it's all a learning process and it's good to listen to it it's like oh yeah i did used to think that let's never have that thought again but i think a lot of it is uh, some pretty good stuff so anyways let's take our break and listen to what was going on 365 days ago today Today we're going to do a brief recap. Uh, I know I already talked about it, so that's why it's going to be brief. But just in case y'all forgot, which games we're watching and which games we care about. Now, I'm just going to be doing this from the standpoint of, for the tankers, essentially. I'm very sorry. Um, I'm just not interested in uh, going the other way with it. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. If things get crazy and... Um, like, every, all the chips start falling in place the way we need them to fall in place, and we win. Fine, I'll play along, and we'll we'll track both at the same time. But I'm just really not interested. So we'll talk about that, which teams we want to win, lose, etc. And then from there, I want to talk about what we would like to see on the team. Because at this point, it just doesn't matter, right? And it was kind of the same way last week, too, Remember Aaron Rodgers was like, well, I don't know, man, maybe I'll just let it all hang out. Because I'm just, you know, just going to play cool, do whatever I want. And then things just completely fell apart. Right? It was just the worst thing ever. Because my assumption was, hey, maybe, right? maybe things will get crazy. Because I played that game last week. The, the, the thing that I scolded you for yesterday. Like, dude, don't just assume, because everything is horrible, that maybe a bunch of horrible things will come together and equal one really awesome thing and will just dominate now, I played that game last week. Aaron Rodgers is just going to let it hang out, and Devontae Adams is getting all cocky, and everybody's getting fired up. We got, we got spanked by the Cardinals is what happened. So, anyways, what exactly would you like to see? Beyond that, I don't know, man. I don't know. Went to one of those trampoline parks yesterday. I've never been so embarrassed in my life. I jumped on a trampoline for like five minutes, and I wanted to take a nap. There's a trampoline, man. It does 90% of the work for you. What? Why? Oh, my goodness. That was horrible. Beyond that, very hard to wake up this morning because apparently physical activity, not my thing. I don't know. I didn't think I was doing that bad. It's like, I do stuff, man. I walk every day, like four miles a day, man. I do push-ups. Trampoline ain't nothing. And I wanted to cry. And then I got my kids who just don't stop. I don't know. Never mind. Forget it. I don't even care. Stupid trampolines. So first of all, last time we talked, we really wanted the Jaguars to win. Obviously, that didn't happen. That was just the... That, I mean, that was bad. And the Jaguars have a, a pretty easy schedule to close out the season. But that was such a demoralizing loss for a team that's already so emotionally volatile especially for a defense that's still trying. I mean, they just shut out the Colts, so there's still going to be a little bit of energy, right? Because that's what I've been saying about emotional people, and when you get an entire team or defense or whatever that's highly volatile and emotional, they can ride those highs. So I was saying, hey, they shut a team out. Maybe they'll ride that high. Well, now they just got embarrassed, and and all over social media, it's just been nonstop laughing at them. The, the uh, Jalen Ramsey flop, I think it was Ramsey, the, you know, 99-yard run, just embarrassing people. 30 points on the Jaguars, who only scored nine. I, when was the last time they got double digits? Their offense is so pathetic. And listen, this is what can happen very quickly. The Jaguars were, <laughs> keep that in mind for all the Bears fans listening, how important it is to be diligent and make sure that you're doing the right things. The 2017 Jaguars are basically the, uh, the 2018 Bears. I know the Bears have a, a cooler-looking offense, but I would be willing to say your quarterback is nearly as incompetent, and the, uh, you know, the players are just about as good. You've got a better offensive line, whatever, but it, it's not a very good offense. The defense was almost as good as the Jaguars' defense, but not quite, especially when you consider the importance of lockdown corners, and they had two of the best corners in the NFL. Not that the Bears' corners are bad, they're good, but they're nowhere near Boyer and Ramsey. So I'm just saying, man, to, to Packers fans, and look at the Vikings, number one in points, number one in yards on defense, number one, and their offense was nearly top uh, top five, I want to say. I said at the beginning of this year, they could legitimately be a top five offense and a top five defense, making them essentially unstoppable. What is that team now? What are they? I, I, the, ugh. And of course the Packers. Let's let's not forget them. Don't worry Bears and Vikings fans, I know if if things go the way that I'm I'm suggesting, Packer fans please understand, we will be fourth in the division. That's that's what's going to happen. If we lose out. Just talking to a friend and he's like, "I refuse to lose to the Bears. I don't care. I understand fine. You want to lose out? Let's lose out. I refuse to lose to the Bears." I'm like, "I mean, all right, I guess. But I said <laughs> You got to understand, I'm also talking about being fourth in the division. He's like, I just can't, man. I can't do it. (laughs) It's like, all right, I can respect that. That's fine. I don't think there's any team in the NFC North that should feel super excited about this year. Maybe maybe the Bears, because they see this as a massive stepping stone, and they're right. But they got to do some stuff. And I'm not exactly sure what, because the defense is about as good as you could expect. Maybe you get some more weapons on offense, but I think your offensive weapons are pretty solid. And your offensive scheme is about as good as it gets. So it's kind of one of those where do you go from here things. The only thing you can really hope and want is for Trubisky to take another step. He really needs to kind of you know, okay, he's got a, he's got a full year in this offense with this coach. Take the off season to really learn it, really know it, and if he can if he can just dominate the system, the Bears could be pretty unstoppable. But I think Trubisky's kind of the. He's 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 the main thing. And he was this year too, and it's kind of that's exactly where we're at. I, the defense I underestimated, although I knew they were going to be very good. But you know, you add Khalil Mack, and everybody else keeps getting better. Very good defense. Again, not otherworldly by any stretch of the imagination. The reason they stand out is because there's really not a lot of other good defenses in the NFL this year. Last year they would have been one of about eight really good defenses: the Vikings, the Patriots, the uh, Eagles, the Jaguars. I mean, they they would have just been one of many and then you factor in their lackadaisical offense and it's like well all right but anyways Jaguars after one big flurry and and one more side note here I've been very interested in watching this whole all-in thing I think it's a it's a really cool phenomenon where you got teams that are close they buy up a ton of talent especially if you've got you know that rookie quarterback is, is or a quarterback on his rookie deal still. That's kind of the uh, prerequisite usually, but to try to buy people up and push all in. But it's a it's a real dangerous thing because you put yourself in a situation where if it doesn't work out and you miss, you're looking at a real hard crash. It's kind of like how the bubbles burst. It's it's overly inflated. It's it's too big, too fast, and it's all based on fake it's it's things that aren't real that overly inflate things bigger than they should be what happens the bubble bursts right housing market dot com <clears throat> student loans just saying and then the jaguars would be the other one but they're crashing and now they got to work doubly hard to fix their salary cap and get this team back on track and it's 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 they might be in for a long haul it's different than the packers and where they're at the packers are where they're at because they've been in a slow decline for 3 years right? You've got talent deteriorating over the course of three years at a much faster rate than we're able to supplement it, and this is what happens. I know this is not where I intended to take it, but again, when my mind latches on to stuff, we just got to run with it. Beyond that, this is primarily a message for Packer fans who are still bitter about the whole Khalil Mack thing. The Bears are in a great position now to push in. Right, 2019 would be ideal. They've got this top-tier defense. They've got an offense that's very close. You, you draft well. You get what you can, even though they kind of sabotage that, not having a first-round pick and whatnot, but whatever. You see what you can get as far as pieces. And then in free agency, you just push all the chips in. The problem is I don't know how many chips they have left. As, as it stands right now, without re-signing any of their free agents, they've got about $20 bucks. You need what, like $5 million to sign your, your draft pick, something like that? I don't know what the number will be for the Bears because they have less picks, but whatever. We'll call it five, so they got about $15 million to play with. Bobby Massey is looking for a contract, their right tackle. He's 30, but he's pretty good. Are we going to cut Bobby Massey? I don't think you should. Kevin White, probably gone. First-round draft pick from several years ago. I, I would be shocked if they pay him, especially considering their cap situation. What about 26-year-old Aaron Lynch? You think they don't want to keep him? How about Bryce Callahan, the cornerback? They got to resign him, but how much are they? He's he's currently making 1.9 million. I mean, these are serious conversations to be had. Maybe a lot of these guys will be gone, but I mean, Adrian Amos, that dude's on his rookie contract right now. He's making 628 million dollars a year. They resign that guy, which they have to, because in 2017 he was the number one safety in the NFL. He is a key piece here. That man's going to be looking for, I don't know, what is the minimum? Seven million dollars? something to consider their packers fans. I don't know if the bears can retain all these guys. That's that's the Khalil Mack impact. Imagine instead of having 15 million available, they had what? I don't know what what uh, Khalil Mack's impact is this year, but let's just call it 25. All of a sudden you go from 15 to f- to uh, to 40 million. That's where it hurts you. And it would be the same for us. So basically, you're looking at the bears right now saying, "This is kind of what you got." And you got to find a way to make this work. And it can. Not that I know this isn't a Bears podcast, but they're NFC North. Let's talk about it. Because, uh, listen, our 2019 success isn't just in a bubble. It's not just if we're awesome, everything else is great. When I started this year, I said, this is a terrible year to be good. Now, I was wrong because I, I was looking at all the wrong teams. I said, the Vikings are going to be unbelievable. The Eagles are just going to be unstoppable. And then you've got the Patriots and blah, 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 blah. A lot of these teams ended up being garbage. But our 2019, 2020, 2021 success depends not just on us, but everybody else who's also trying to get that one thing, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, trophy, title, win, victory. The Green Bay Packers next year have a cap space of over $45 million. And guess how many people were were resigning next year? About as close to zero as you can get. That's, That's almost exactly the Bears' situation, minus, you know, you take away... Khalil Mack, and I know some Packer fans, I don't care, I want them anyways. I get it. But guess what there's a lot of in the 2019 draft? Edge rushers. Lots of them. Right? It's like the Rain Man scene. I think I referenced that once before. I remember it because I tried to find a clip of it and it just it didn't make sense and the sound quality was garbage. Remember when they're cheating at cards? There's lots of them. Lots of them. Lots of them. Lots and lots of them. <laughs> that's going to be a perfect clip. i got to pull that up when I do a live stream for the draft. Nick Bosa's is going to go, and everybody's going to freak out, and it's going to be like, don't worry, there's lots of them. Lots and lots of them. That's awesome. I hope you enjoyed that. I love The Rain Man. I need to watch that again. That's that's a great movie, man. If you haven't seen it, and you're looking for a really good movie to watch, you got to go watch The Rain Man. It's so good. The Rain Man. I don't know if there's a the in front of it. But okay, 45 million bucks. Minus the five gives us $40 million to play with. If the Bears don't want to pay Adrian Amos, do you think we would, would, would flinch at offering the man $7, 8000000 million? Not for a second. Clay Matthews, gone. Randall Cobb, gone. Muhammad Wilkerson, probably gone. Again, a lot of edge rushers, a lot of defensive tackles. If we want a defensive tackle like Muhammad Wilkerson that bad, we don't have to pay the man $5 million. Not that we can't. He's, he's still fine, but he's 30. He's going to be 31. We just paid him $5 million. He went right on IR. If he wants to come back, he ain't making 5000000 million. million. We'll, we'll, we'll offer him two and a half, three million million, $3 million. Take it or leave it. Mercedes Lewis. Um, gone, please. Thank you. Lance Kendricks. We might need him for depth, but, I mean, wouldn't mind if he left. Byron Bell. Get as far away from me as you possibly can. Again, depth is an issue. Don't care. Please don't offer this man a contract. Devon House, no, thank you. Bashad Breland, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's being paid under a million dollars, so maybe. Ibrahim Campbell, sure. Jake Ryan, I wouldn't. Jake Ryan, I wouldn't mind. Geronimo Allison, I've been saying we need to get rid of him for a while, but I maybe am turning a corner here a little bit, depending on the draft, because, <sighs> you know, a, a lot of these issues we're having are just sort of a trust thing. And I understand going deep is kind of a bigger problem, but just having another guy that Rodgers can trust in certain situations, and he is he's a situational guy. He's limited. But look how bad we are on, like, third downs and stuff. I don't know that there's anybody on this team I want more than Geronimo Allison on third down. So maybe. It's just that there's not even the people that we could be re-signing. Uh, Robert Tanyan. Yeah, sure. How much is he going to get? A million bucks? Reggie Gilbert? Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't really want anything, sure. Otherwise, no. Point is, you're looking not just at who the teams are, and you look at the NFC North, and it's like, oh man, we're fourth, and that's horrible. Yeah, this year, this year means nothing. The question is, how do we go from from last to first? One of the benefits of of the way that we lost. See, again, let's look at the Jaguars and the Packers side by side. We're both crashing real hard. The Jaguars are crashing hard because of the whole bubble burst thing, meaning they're bad and they have salary cap issues. If they dump like Bortles, they're back in, in the black, but not by a lot. The Green Bay Packers are down to a point where it's not very good, but it's because we've been drafting poorly, and because we've been drafting poorly, there's nobody even looking for a contract. We don't have a stud that got drafted three, four years ago that's looking for a big contract. We don't have that guy. All the guys that we drafted three years ago or four years ago or whatever, starting next year, are gone. Literally just about everybody except Jake Ryan is gone. And if we end up drafting a guy like Devin White, Jake Ryan is gone. (laughs) So I say this to say things aren't all that bad. It's very much up in the air. The Bears seemingly have the best team, but I feel like they're kind of capped out a little bit. I don't know how the defense could get much better. Vic Fangio has done a fantastic job developing players higher and higher and higher, and I feel like this is sort of the apex. Maybe if they get, you know, we'll see what they can do in the draft, but some some real top-tier dangerous weapons, if if they can manage one or two of them, because again, they're kind of at that point where you push all in. The, the problem is they don't really have a lot. So this is an area where maybe you, you reach a little bit in the draft to look for that elite prospect, maybe like a, a real dynamic tight end. The problem is their first pick is pick 90 in the third round. They have four draft picks. So they they can't really draft anyone and they can't really sign anyone. Not to say they can't cut somebody on their team. That isn't due for a contract, but you know. Maybe just eat that dead money, kind of like a Brian Balaga situation for for us, which by the way, is a way that we could save another six million bucks if we decided to. If 45 just isn't enough and we want to get up into the 50s, we could move on from Brian Balaga. We eat like a million and we save, I don't know seven, whatever it is that the total cap savings are like six million bucks. The Vikings I've been saying are heading toward this for a while, but I got Vikings fans yelling and screaming at me, that's not true, you're dumb, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. The problem with having a really dominant defense as opposed to, you know, some other teams like the Packers where all your money is basically into your quarterback and everybody else is just kind of like recycled. At that point, it's just keep drafting and drafting and drafting and see what happens. When you have, you know, let's say seven out of 11 studs on your defense, yeah, nobody really wants quarterback money, but, you know, you've got six, let's call it six guys that are studs. They all want of what a quarterback makes, so now you got basically three quarterbacks to pay. Plus, they just paid a massive amount to their new quarterback. Kirk Cousins is making 29 million bucks next year. They've only got 11 million dollars in free cap space. You got to subtract from that um, what they have available to them for their draft picks. Let's again call it five. So, they got about six million dollars to play with. They have Sheldon Richardson on their team, Latavius Murray. Anthony Barr, Brett Jones, and Nick Easton, two centers. Dan Bailey, their kicker. Amir Abdullah is not going to be on the team. Sheryls, I don't know. Tom Compton, I mean, these offensive linemen aren't very good, but they, they need bodies to at least play. You're going to cut both your centers and Tom Compton, your left guard, and Lang, your left guard? Point is, they don't have any money. And they're in the exact same situation where you're, where you're at is where you're at, and you're going to lose Sheldon Richardson, and you're going to lose Anthony Barr. I got called a lot of names last year for saying that the salary cap is going to bite you in the end. Not that this is necessarily devastating, but you're, you're kind of at that point where now you're, you're purging more than you're bringing on, right? Who are you adding? Well, you're adding draft picks. You don't have any money to sign anyone in free agency. You're capped out. You can't even afford to re-sign guys. Sheldon Richardson is $8 million. As a matter of fact, speaking of, Sheldon Richardson's uh, turning 30. Rather than re sign Muhammad Wilkerson, how about we just tell Sheldon Richardson to hand in his his purple, disgusting jersey, come over here and put on this awesome green jersey, come play for us? Because Richardson's a lot better than, uh, than Muhammad Wilkerson was. And if he got paid eight last year, I'm just saying, if he's willing to take five or six, let's do it. So pretty interesting dynamic. The, the two dominant teams right now, I mean, just is what it is, are the Vikings and the Bears. However, they, they've got their own challenges. They're kind of where the Packers were for a long time. You're at the top. How do you sustain it? The only way you guys are going to sustain it, for the for the Bears and Vikings fans listening, I'm telling you this from experience, you have to draft well. You, you All you have is the draft. You don't have money left over. And the Bears don't even have the draft. They're in a real bind. That's what that's what Khalil Mack does. That's what he did. He took away your cap. He took away your draft picks. You got nothing left. Your 2019 team is your 2018 team, minus all the people you're going to lose, is what it is. Vikings fans, you still got a lot of talent left, but you better be drafting real good to replace them. Vikings only have five picks, by the way. First, second, third, fourth, and sixth round, and that's it. And if they squeak into the playoffs, which, I mean... I'm not going to say I want the Bears and the Vikings to get into the playoffs because then that just doubles the chances that one of them gets a Super Bowl, and I'm just going to be not be happy about that. But if they get in, suddenly they're picking pretty late in the in the, uh, the draft. Sorry, bud. Late first, late second, late third, late fourth. Then they got one pick left in the sixth round, and that's it. And again, they don't have much cap space left either. The Lions are, are, might as well just round it out, right? Nobody cares about the Lions, but let's just see. Because again, 2019, who knows? Stuff happens. Crazy stuff happens. They're in a similar situation cap-wise than um, as, as the Packers. About $40 million bucks in cap next year. The, the difference is, first of all, they don't have the talent the Packers do. Yeah, I know. They, they beat the Packers, blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay. Hang your hat on that. You've got a better quarterback and better talent, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get it. You're awesome. You'll be fine. Sure. Anyways, let's look at it seriously now. Ezekiel Ansah, who before Snacks showed up, was about the only talent they had along their defensive line, although they've got another defensive tackle. That's pretty solid. But are they really going to resign this guy? Probably not. The, the production hasn't been there to justify the amount of money he's been making. Plus, he's 30 years old. The problem is the team without Ezekiel Ansah is a lot worse than with him. So that's problematic. So this is another team. And by the way, in my... Um, In my mock draft, I had the Lions trading all the way up to the first round to get Nick Bosa. I'm sorry, to the first pick to get Nick Bosa. A lot of people crucified me. Why would they do... What do you mean, why would they do that? Of course they would do that. In a second, they would do that. But it's it's a big need for them. Luke Wilson. I don't think he's necessarily elite, but it's another situation where what what is the team without Luke Wilson? LeGarrette Blunt wants to get paid. Outside of that, not a ton of stuff. And even LeGarrette, who cares? So they'll be able to retain most of their money. I don't think a lot of these guys are getting re-signed. I mean, maybe some of these lesser guys, I don't know, but probably not for much money. So they'll have an opportunity with the new head coach to kind of form a new identity. They're going to be in competition trying to build up their team. It, it, NFC North could be interesting, man. It already is, but I'm just saying. You know the Lions are going all in with that defense. Going in in the draft, and they're going to be drafting real high, just like we are. They got money for free agency. We're going to be competing directly with them for some of these free agents. Anyways, this took a weird turn, but I'm just saying. It's pretty interesting stuff. And we'll, we, we, we can look more in depth in this some other time. But again, once I get going, there's no stopping me. So anyways, all that came because I wanted to talk about Thursday's game with the Jaguars. <laughs> Let's take a look at some of the other games, shall we? See what rabbit hole we can chase there. So currently the Packers are drafting ninth. The, the team that's currently draft, or I'm sorry, they're drafting 10th. The team that's currently drafting ninth is the Buffalo Bills. As I mentioned before, the Bills and Jets play. Now if the Bills lose to the Jets, we jump up a spot automatically. And if we want to just be, I, I'm again, assuming we lose. If we don't, we got a whole other thing and I don't want to have to try to figure out because it's way too complicated. Because suddenly we're moving in the other direction and it's a matter of on one side who's winning and losing. On the other side, who's winning and losing? It's way too much to compute. So Bills and Jets, you kind of pick pick on your own here. Basically, if we assume we're going to lose out, we want the Jets to lose. No, win. Sorry. The reason behind that is, as much as we need the Bills to win a game, we need the Jets to win two games. And if they beat the Bills, and then they beat us, that's two games and we move ahead of the Jets. From there, they would have to beat Either the Lions, the Patriots, or the Dolphins. Not impossible. The Patriots, it's a little bit impossible. Although, you know, it's a v- divisional game. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, they won't, but I'm just saying. Uh, they could beat the Dolphins. They could beat the Lions. Otherwise, again, if we just want to move up one, then um, we just need to root for the Jets to win and the, no, I'm sorry, The why is this so confusing? The Bills to win and then we move ahead of the Bills. The problem is we'll never leapfrog the Jets, but it is what it is. The team that's picking eighth, the New York Giants. They're playing the Washington Redskins. It was very unlikely at any point that we would ever get ahead of the Jets because they were so terrible. They've gone on to win two games recently. They were a two-win team. They just beat the Bears. I think they have a very good chance of beating the Washington Redskins. If they do, we move ahead of them. So if the Bills and the Giants and the Falcons win, we are currently drafting seventh because those are the three that are next. The, The Bills are ninth, the Giants are eighth, the Falcons are seventh. So that's crazy. Now we're getting into crazy territory. The only other four-win team, four team that hasn't played yet, Jacksonville has four wins, is the Detroit Lions. Now, we play the Lions, so again, if we're assuming that we lose out, it doesn't really matter. We're going to be ahead of them anyways. But for the sake of trying to stay ahead of them, just in, in case we happen to win a few, which we might. We could beat the Falcons. Very good chance we beat the Jets, even though it's on the road. But the Lions play the Cardinals. Now, I would assume the Lions are going to win this, just like I assumed the Packers are going to beat the Cardinals. We'll see what happens. But I'm guessing this isn't the week we leapfrog the Lions, if I had to guess. Again, if we lose out, we don't have to worry about this game anyways. But the, the Lions have got it about as easy as it gets. They got the Cardinals next week. They have the Bills. They should win that one. They got the Vikings, which the Vikings should win, but who knows. And then they got the Packers again, which, I mean, they, they legitimately could have three wins out of these four, the the Cardinals, the Bills, the Packers, and then they end up being a seven-win team. Now, the Detroit Lions playing the Cardinals is a situation where if the Cardinals end up winning... Man, I, I need to stop. You understood what I was trying to say there, right? Because I'm pretty sure I just said that wrong. This is the easiest thing in the world, but I just... I, I think I'm just in, like, playoff mode. You want everybody to lose, lose, lose. We're trying to get people to win. The Detroit Lions, if they win, we leapfrog them, and they should win against the Arizona Cardinals, right? You get that. Okay. If, by chance, the Arizona Cardinals win... That's not the worst thing because the Detroit Lions should be able to beat some of the other teams on the schedule. Plus, that makes Arizona a four-win team. So, to be honest, I'm kind of rooting for the Arizona Cardinals here because I think the Detroit Lions have a couple wins left. So, I want the Cardinals to win. Between the Bills and the Jets, I don't really know. I don't really care. The only other two teams that I'm not even going to worry about are the 49ers and the Oakland Raiders. I just I don't think they're going to win three and we lose out. That's nearly impossible. That would get us into the number one or two pick. If one of these teams wins three and we lose out and everything else falls into place, we would end up with the second pick. I'm not going to get that greedy. But the fact is, we're a four-win team, and the number three team right now is a three-win team. So three-win teams need to win two. I think it's doable, especially the... I didn't even look at it, did I? I don't know. But um, anyways, we're rooting for the Giants. I'm not going to say Falcons because some people get mad, so be that what it may be. And that's kind of it. Everything else is kind of. I mean, the the Bills and the Jets play each other. The Lions and the and the uh, Cardinals play each other. So either way, you got one of these guys winning, and it's beneficial to us. So again, pretty good week as far as uh, what to root for. Not a whole lot can go wrong other than Washington beating the Giants. We probably also should root for the Cleveland Browns. They have the same record as us. Um, I believe the way that this would work is it's kind of a strength of schedule thing, but we would kind of flip back and forth between them and us because we have the same record. If we could just maintain a worse record than them, that would be much beneficial. The Browns are playing the Panthers this week. Pretty slim chance the Browns win, but who knows? It's the Browns. They could at least get them into overtime and then maybe have a shot. Otherwise, they play the Broncos, the Bengals, and the Ravens. They could definitely lose out with those games, but there's some winnable ones. There's divisional games, which you never know. The Bengals are not all that great. The Ravens are kind of struggling. The Broncos are iffy. I think they got one. I think they got one in them. So let's let's root for the Browns as much as they're probably not going to beat the Panthers. Finally is the question of what exactly are we looking for in this game? Now, for most of you, it's a win. Cool. Great. Regardless and beyond that, More important than just about anything is health, because this is the time of year where somebody gets hurt and that impacts us next year. You look at Brian Balaga got hurt late in the season and it was a question of, is he even going to be healthy for the start of next year? That can happen to Aaron Rodgers, that can happen to David Bakhtiari, it could happen to um, Kenny Clark, it could happen to Jair. So I know a lot of people would scoff at the idea of benching people, and maybe it is a little too early, but at some point, we legitimately have to consider it. At, at some point, you've got to understand that it, enough is enough. At the very least, Week 17, if, if you're out, come on, man. Come on. What, what are we doing here? You're going to risk losing Devontae? You're going to risk messing up 2019 to what? Play out 2018, the final game? And fine, you don't want to do it now, right? Philbin is supposedly, this is a tryout, even though the Packers don't believe that, and Philbin doesn't believe that, and nobody believes that. And we're technically not eliminated from the playoffs yet, but we're, we're right on the cusp. So fine, not this week. But the number one priority is health. I don't care what anybody says. Protect yourself first. The other thing to watch for is effort. Now, traditionally, I don't really care I didn't mind when Ha-Ha gave up. I didn't mind that he didn't really even put in effort in the preseason, even though it was a little bit annoying. The, The big thing for me, though, was, okay, fine, but once the regular season fires up, I need 100%. He never gave it. So there's a concern now of, if you turn it off, can you turn it back on? If not, if that's not your personality, you better just leave that thing on full blast. Some people are that way. I'm kind of that way. It's all or nothing for me. Why I do a daily podcast. If I decided tomorrow I don't feel like doing one, guess what? That would be followed up by Thursday not doing one, and Saturday not doing one, and Monday not doing one. It would go from a a seven-day-a-week podcast to a a two-day-a-week podcast. And then eventually you would have what we had, like on the draft, where I just gave up. Week two. I love the draft. I stopped doing it for several months. I'm that way. I am all or nothing. We're either going 150,000% or zero. I I describe myself as a light switch. It's on or it's off. You got to pick one. My wife is a dimmer switch. She's never fully on. She's never fully off. She just kind of got that that steady. I wish I could be more like my wife, to be honest. She's always doing something, never at 100%. (laughs) She's just kind of doing stuff. And she's mad at me all the time because when I decide to help, I'm pushing everybody out of the way saying, let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on, what are we waiting around for? Just give me this thing. Let's go. Otherwise, I'm sitting on the couch staring at my phone watching YouTube because I'm off. Just game over. I'm done. I'm not doing anything right now. My brain is getting switched off. Some people are that way. So, if that's you and probably a lot of competitive people are that way, you don't want to tell them to turn it off. Keep it on 100%. Fine. Crank it up to 1,000. At that point, it's up to the coaches, it's up to the trainers, it's up to the GM to decide you know what? We got to pull guys. Enough is enough. Which is why effort is important, and it seems contradictory to say, I want everybody to be healthy and I want to tank the season, but I want these guys to give 110%. But it is the reality. Again, how do you tank the season? It's not by telling players to stop. Tie the shoelaces together and tell them to run. You pull as many people to safety as you can. Kevin King. Ooh, my shoulder hurts. All right, you're done. Goodbye. Sit it out. We're helping to lose the season as well as protecting him for next year because next, it's, it's not like we're trying to just lose forever. We're trying to win next year. I want Kevin King as healthy as can possibly be. If we can stop him now with a minor shoulder, neck, back, knee injury, whatever his problem is, just let him rest it out. Get him on a training regimen today to get him fully healed, fully strengthened up, whatever it is, whatever it takes. So no injuries, which is going to be impossible because end of the year you get more and more injuries, especially as Aaron Rodgers says, as people start to pay less attention and care less, they start to get careless. (laughs) <laughs> see how that works the final thing to keep an eye on so be healthy is the most important thing keep the effort high for the guys that are that are playing you know the, the Devontae's the Kenny Clarks the Aaron Rodgers don't quit don't quit finally this is a great opportunity for the young guys to step up and showcase your talent I'm talking about the EQs I'm talking about the Marquez's if Aaron Rodgers ever does get pulled let's let's get Deshaun Kaiser going Jamon Moore, right? Great opportunity, Jay Kumaro. Let's see it, man. You know, Danny Vitali or whatever. Okay, whoever you are, <laughs> fullback, go do some cool stuff. It's a great opportunity to prove you need to be on this team and to also hone your craft. Right stringing together one or two cool games is great, but that doesn't mean you deserve to be on this team. Learn stuff. Robert Tanyan, right? Young guy, we need him. We got a bunch of old guys that we need to offload, but we can't because we don't have bodies. We need Robert Tanyan to step up. Jason Spriggs has a great opportunity to prove that he's turning a corner. I've talked about him pretty extensively yesterday. He seems to be doing at least better. He has good games, and his good games are very, very good. I'm talking run blocking and pass blocking. We don't have run blocking talent on this team, including David Bakhtiari. He's not good at it. Spriggs is good at it. So when he's good, he's real good. If this guy can prove to be a legitimate tackle in the NFL, we don't even need to, I mean, we should probably still draft somebody, but we don't need to draft like a first-round talent. We got Jason Spriggs. Seriously, play the man. Let's see what he can do. Please step up, Jason. Please step up, young man. Such an old man, calling him a young man. You know, safeties and corners, things are not great in that area. Come on, somebody. I love me some Tony Brown. As far as I can tell he's not on the injury report and as far as I can tell he's never really been that bad he's a high energy guy I mean I liked him since day one I mean day one he came out there he made a great play and he stood over a guy and then McCarthy gave him scrunch face made him feel like garbage and sent him to the bench for the rest of the day but he's he he looks like a really good football player please please let's get that depth I mean if we're going to move on from guys like House and Tremont and whatever we need somebody to step up be that guy how about Oren Burks? lot of love, lot of excitement, a lot of things for him. He's been terrible. Terrible. Antonio Morrison has also been terrible, but he's, he's just, he was filler. And he's primarily filler because we needed bodies. He wasn't supposed to overtake Oren Burks. He did. Oren Burks is hardly even playing anymore. Where is he? What is he doing? Step up. Step up, Oren. Go play wild and crazy. You and Josh Jones both. Very athletic. Very wild, very intense. Just go put it all on display. Go lay it all out there. Show something. Montrevious, the guy was horrible. He's, he's stepping it up, man. He's been a little better. He was he used to be pretty just god-awful. He's actually above average right now as far as his overall pro football focus grade. A, grade. a lot of guys. Dean Lowry looks solid. Keep it up. Mike Daniels on IR. This is a good opportunity for a lot of people. Tyler Lancaster, zero expectations for him. He's got the exact same grade as Montrevious Adams. Just keep it up. Kyler Fackrell, prove that you are still the guy, right? We need you to step up. Even if you're just a situational guy, even if you're just sort of that, you know, you can drop into coverage and you're a speed rusher in certain situations, fine. That's good enough. Just prove that you are that guy. I know we, we all know you're terrible against the run. Just be the guy we need you to be. Reggie Gilbert, right? We talked about you not too long ago. If you're going to be on this team, you have to give us a reason. We have no reason other than we need somebody to uh, applaud in the preseason. Because that's that's you are Jeff Janis. You are the guy that does really awesome things, and everybody gets excited in preseason, and then you just do nothing at all in the regular season. That's not going to get us anywhere. We've been down this road. Prove you deserve to be on this team, please. How about Mr. Kendall Donerson? Mr. Athletic Phenom. Built like a Titan. Show me something. Because you're not going to be on this team very long. You're an undrafted guy. Or no, maybe you were 7th were round. I think he was 7th round. Y- your value is basically zero. Nobody expects anything from a 7th round guy or an undrafted free agent or even a 6th round guy. Nobody cares. If you can't hack it, you're gone. Look at Vince Beagle. He was a 4th round guy. He's gone already. You, you have all the tools. You have everything you need to prove that you should earn yourself a living in the NFL. Whatever it takes, man. And this is a great opportunity. The team's winding down. Other people don't care. Clay Matthews knows he's, he's done. Nick Perry's hurt. Reggie Gilbert isn't great. Kyler Fackrell's got one thing he can do. You have an opportunity to prove you can play against the run. You can, you can rush against the pass. Big, strong, physical guy. Go earn some money. One of these days, you're going to have to leave the NFL and go, uh, you know, I don't know, wash cars for a living. What does that mean? I'm just saying. Real world's going to catch up pretty soon. This is your opportunity to make a lot of money doing something awesome. This is the best opportunity you're going to get. And there's a very good chance you will not be on the team in 2019 because we're going to get a whole new crop of, of guys. We're going to be drafting edge rushers. If you want to make this team, it better start today. That's all I'm saying. Today is the day. Put Matt Ryan on his back, bury him in the dirt, torment him all day long. Don't let anybody run your direction. Make him go the other way. Just dominate. That's pretty much it. The only other thing I can think is Mason Crosby needs to tighten it up a little bit. I love Mason. I think maybe it's a little over... in both directions. Some people say he's untouchable. He's not. Some people say he deserves a lot of scrutiny. I don't know about that. Have you seen how bad it can be out there? Mason Crosby's still a very good kicker. Beyond that, there's been a lot of problems with... you know, if you haven't noticed... We kept the guy we drafted, who is our new long snapper that, by the way, is hurt, which is going to be disastrous. Ever since we got a new snapper and a new holder, things haven't been quite perfect. A lot of times, I think J.K. Scott's doing a great job. I've seen high snaps, low snaps. J.K. Scott gets it in place, and then he kicks it through. To say Mason Crosby maybe needs to go is a little bit silly, in my opinion. But still, if there's any question, great opportunity. J.K., Let it all hang out, man. I want to see a 70. Just give me a a 70. Right? Because it just... You know, I know we still want to win, but it just... This is a great opportunity to just let it all hang out. Because everybody is just auditioning right now. The GM doesn't care about this year. The GM cares about 2019. And he has a lot of work to do. On top of helping with the coach search, scouting the 2019 draft prospects, talking to his pro personnel about potential free agents. He has to weigh all that information against who he currently has. And starting today at noon, all his attention is focused on this game so he can decide what exactly he has and who exactly needs to be replaced. Don't be replaced. Go be great. Anyways, I'm going to cut it off there. You folks, enjoy your Sunday, and um, enjoy yourself some football, and we will talk about the final results tomorrow. Have a good one. Uh, Bye-bye.